Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Fired up. Let's go. What are you fired up about? Every, life, the football, the media, the press, the fans, the world, my wife, my family, my grandkids, everything, you name it. You're not down on anything at all? Nothing. Not a single thing? No. How'd practice go? Outstanding. One of the best practices we've had in my 10-year history here. What about those That's why I chewed their ass out for 10 minutes afterwards. Ah, uh, you know me too well. You you know, know you whenever I need some some cheering <laughs> up, man. Ah, oh, best practice we ever gosh. had. That's why I chewed their ass for 15 minutes afterwards. <laughs> You knew he couldn't just let it go like uh, at that, right? Yeah. Had to come back to something. Oh, it's amazing. Well, man, you know the the harsh reality here? No, I actually don't. Please tell me. Please tell me the harsh well, reality. Well, it's scary, and I can already see it and feel it in just three weeks. It, it Losing hurts less with every loss. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I I I felt it Saturday, but okay, well, I, maybe I, I'll experience that at some point. No, I just I feel and and that's how that's how like programs and uh, teams like you just you have to fight the urge of getting used to it. You know what I'm saying? I oh uh, yeah, all of our expectations are gone and uh, this year's a wash. We'll get them next time. Yeah, you can see how you would you could easily float into a loser mentality. You just throw your hands up and say, "Ah, whatever. Who cares?" Um, I don't know. It's, so that's it's worst a, case scenario for you is that the feeling of this year being gone seeps into the walls and it kind of like stays there. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. hear you. Um, yeah, because it's always easier to not invest in something, right? Whenever it hurts, when you fail, like that's why everyone's so hesitant to fully invest in whatever it is that that you you want to pursue. Because if you really put everything out there and you fail, like the pain of that and the embarrassment of that is is so heavy that sometimes it's better just to not invest at all. Yeah, well, worst case scenario to me is a 3-3 uh, three and three start along with a 6-0 and oh start by USC. But outside of that, it was doing the postgame show after TCU and saying, man, I didn't think that we'd get to rock bottom, but here we are. We're at rock bottom. And then after right. walking out of the Cotton Bowl, it was like, okay, I thought it was rock bottom that past week. This is really rock bottom walking out of the Cotton Bowl. Uh, we were both once told never challenge worse. And yeah. I, I hope Chad that, McKee. Yeah, I hope that that is not challenged for the remaining six games. Because as bad as it was losing to Texas, losing to Kansas at home, even though they're pretty good, that would be, that would be rock bottom, I feel like, compared to last week. Oh, without question. Getting wiped for your fourth straight loss oh, at yeah. home to Kansas – uh, I mean, I that's rock bottom for now, you know, which I, for one, was like, shocked 
to find out that we were, what, an eight-point favorite over I, Kansas? Yeah, you and everyone else, that's why it dropped down to seven so quickly. I think everyone saw nine hit refresh on their phone, and it dropped two points to OU minus seven. People are all well, over that one. Uh, you know, it's just um, it's frustrating. You know, we, we can – where do we start? We talk about the game. Do we talk about moving forward? Where, how I mean, do we, how I, I do don't we, uh, start to I, I, peel I, back I, the layers here. I, I think that everyone's already kind of covered what happened in the game, and there's not really a whole lot to talk about there. It just, I don't, I don't know. I guess we can. I, yeah. I just, I, I was disappointed with many things, but you know, I, I thought the defense probably felt going into that game. All right, we know the situation offensively; it's not great. We have to elevate our level of play. We've got to make the plays necessary to keep our offense in this game and give us a chance to win in the second half. And whether it was the drop pick by Woody Washington, uh, more importantly, not putting any pressure whatsoever on Quinn Ewers, I know yeah. the defense was in a tough spot. That was It was disappointing to not see them put any pressure on Quinn Ewers whatsoever, especially coming off an injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, couldn't get to Quinn Ewers all day. Um, couldn't stop the running game consistently. Like rarely did we put him in third and long, and finally we did, and had an opportunity maybe to get some momentum in the football game. And you know, just same story. Let him scramble, easy scramble to pick up whatever it was, twelve or so yards for a first down. You know, drive stays alive, and you know, just continue to get worked for uh you know five six yards on first down throughout the entire day um they you know we could have played that game for a year and it would have been the same exact result over and over and over we just we just didn't have we just didn't have the fight the strength the horsepower on the line of scrimmage and you know watching the warm-ups to that game it was, it was, uh, it was apparent visually that Texas has a uh, they have a big time roster. Now, can they can they remain consistent? Can they can they keep playing tough football? I I don't know. We'll see about that. We made them look um, you know like they were unstoppable, but you know. They got a couple interior defensive linemen that go 340 pounds apiece. Sure. A 6'4 linebacker running around making tackles all over the place. They got a couple of corners that are tall and long and athletic. They got a tight end that is, you know, just a, an athletic freak. I mean, the, that team looks different than our team does right now. Yep. You know, so yep. that was apparent. And, hey, you know, that, that was. We knew that coming into this year. Now, I had hoped that some of the development stuff that we had talked about through the offseason was going to grab hold quicker than it has. It hasn't. Um, you know, and it's just apparent we are we're outmanned and outgunned. Now, here's the thing. We're not outmanned and outgunned 49-0 or 55-24, whatever the TCU game was. You know, I I don't know how we've gone from being a smart, capable football team that looks the part to 
a team that looks like it has no difference makers. Has no difference makers and tired. With Brent Vittable said that looks like a tired team. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's wild to it, me. It, I, I, mean, I, I can't I mean, explain yes, that. It, no one can explain that, and that's kind of the issue. Is you know you're three and three, and we're sitting here looking at each other saying, "Oh." I mean, there, there's different things that we can point to that are issues right now, but no one can put their finger on what the biggest issue of this team right now, and that's that's alarming, man. I mean, it's well, you it's know, super alarming. Th- that football game, we needed it to, we needed it to stay close and stay low scoring to have a chance. And as it continued to open up, like. We knew we weren't going to be able to score very many points with Dylan Gabriel out. All right, it's it's just something we talked about. They've got to slow that pace down. They've got to maintain possession. They've got to have some long scoring drives. They're going to play some suboptimal football. We saw that all over the place with a fake field goal and all kinds of different wildcat things to try and generate a spark. Um, but defensively, we could not keep it close. And once we couldn't keep it close, I. Uh, it was over. Now, I hear a lot of talk about the quarterback situation and, you know, how could it be this bad? Well, you know, here, here's, the, here's the reality. Um, and this isn't, this isn't excuse-making, but it's, it's the reality of it. We've had so many transfers recently. You know, we've got... Caleb Williams is playing at USC. Spencer Rattler's playing at South Carolina. Just beat Kentucky. Uh, you got Tanner Mordecai still out there throwing. You got Chandler Morris at TCU, who originally won the starting job there. Like we got Oklahoma quarterbacks that have transferred out all over the place. And you know, whenever Venables took over and Dylan Gabriel came to town, that was a win. That was a huge win to add some stability to that room. No doubt. But. It, but it took all of about two practices in the spring for the sto- like the main storyline coming out of spring was we got issues at backup quarterback. We've got something has to happen. And they didn't get just right? one. They got two. Like that's And, <laughs> that's back you know, they end. go to the transfer portal post-spring. And, you know, at that point it's kind of slim pickings. You know, they, they hoped that they were going to get the Jackson Dart kid early on, struck out there. But, you know, the, the narrative was right away that we've got to do something at backup quarterback, which, you know, that tells you exactly how they felt about Nick Evers right away as a true freshman, that he's just he's just not going to be ready. And, you know, I, that's – that's somewhat expected. You know, I think there's more true freshman quarterbacks that are ready now than ever before, but it's not usually your expectation. Right? Whenever Nick Evers came, I don't think that they were thinking like, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be money right away. You know, he kind of a that's a project type of situation there. And who knows what he's gonna grow into. But when Dylan Gabriel went down, our worst fears uh, from, you know, the offseason showed up. Now, never would I have thought that it would result in the type of loss that we took. No, no. But, you know, and, and that, it's and, something and, that we, we kind of knew was hanging over our heads. And, that, and, and that's, all, that's all fair points, good points, and that was kind of what was disappointing on into Saturday night watching other college football games is, you know, you didn't have your starting quarterback out, 
and you basically had to run a seventh-grade offense to try to keep the game close, right? Yeah. A&M yep. didn't have their starting quarterback, and they had a throw in the end zone. Well, it was actually short of the end zone, which is a whole other conversation itself. But they had a play to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Tech was playing with their well, third. But that, that, well, hang I on know, I, 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 that guy won the quarterback battle to start the year. But he was their backup quarterback currently, and they still had a chance to win at Bama. Right. Tech was playing with their third-string quarterback and had like an eight-point lead over Oklahoma State no, at one I point in Stillwater. KU, their backup quarterback has to go in early, and he looked really good as well. So I get your point. No, he That's is all good, fair though. points. Like, Kansas, but, that kid is good. He almost beat us last year, um, Yeah, uh, Jason Bean. No, and that's all of that is very true, very true, 100%. Yes, we absolutely have to be better at backup quarterback, and I wish we would have, you know, had some better success in the transfer portal. But I think it, you know, it's hard in the portal whenever you you get a portal like locked in starter, you know. Like it's hard to convince anyone else to to show up, and it was for them. And, Jackson Dart didn't come here because of Dylan Gabriel had yeah. basically already been you know named the starter. Same thing with Casey Thompson. I and I don't know if you're dramatically better if you have either one of those two a backup quarterback. But I'm gonna go ahead and get. I've seen Casey Thompson and Jackson Dart. They're significantly better than what Davis Bevel is. So maybe you score on Saturday. I, yeah, that was bad though. It was bad. There was one bright spot out there, Hmm. and that is the same bright spot that has been out there in each and every one of the games played this season. Stands out not just on the Oklahoma side, but every single game of all the players that play on both sides. Braden Willis continues to be – the type of leader and the type of player that you build a program around. That kid, I'm telling you. He deserves credit for sure. I, There's 100%. And honestly, it, it pisses me off. And I get emotional whenever I think about it that everyone else out there is not matching that type of, of effort. And, he looks he's playing as if his life depends on the outcome of that play. Every single one, eighty plus times a game, that's that's how he plays. And I to watch that not get matched is like heartbreaking whenever the rest of the team doesn't appear to be playing the same way. From uh, from your view, and I don't, you don't need this to have this view to have that take of what you just said because we can all acknowledge it's right. I, I just, you know, I'm always interested in what the team looks like walking up the tunnel when they're dealt that type of situation that they had down 28 nothing going in the first half, and it was a team that looked like they were down 28 nothing. There wasn't a whole lot of life except for the one guy that you're talking about, like Braden Willis yeah. was like the one guy just trying to. Ah, Trying to get everyone on the same level that he was, I mean, basically is what it was, and no one else was. Yeah, it's super disappointing. No one else would match it, but he was asked to play quarterback this week, and when he was in there, dude, he's pretty good, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, it, it was the best offense they had by far on Saturday. 
I hope they keep a lot of those things that they put out there. I thought there was some really good stuff there. Hey, have you ever seen Digstown? No, I have not. Digstown is... No, it's like an old 90s movie. James Woods, um, Oliver Platt. There's a boxer, Honey Roy Palmer, okay? He's got a fight... I think it's 10 guys in 24 hours. There's this huge bet. Um, James Woods has a bet with some guy that runs this uh, this town or whatever. Honey Roy Palmer's got to fight 10 guys. Well, one of the guys that he has to fight has a brother, him and his brother. It's actually Mac from the program is the actor that Wait, plays this dude. I'm in already. So... They think that they're buying off some of these fighters, so they tried to buy off Mac, and the, the other guy gets wind of it, so they take his brother hostage, and they tell him they're going to kill his brother if he doesn't win the fight against Honey Roy Palmer. So he goes out there, and he's, like, going crazy. He's, he's swinging for the fences. He, you know, he's, he's like tears coming down his eyes as he's doing it because he knows if he doesn't win his brother's gonna die like that's what it reminds me of when i see brain willis out there running iso as an h-back how many tight ends you think signed up to run iso on the mike backer all day long zero i mean come you on. know come on right and he he, he go he plays that play with the same effort he plays the play where he's you know taking a direct snap and getting to run it or, you know, uh, running a route downfield. It's something to watch, and it's frustrating. And I'm not sitting here saying, like, the rest of the team is loafing around out there and, and doesn't care. That's not the case, but they don't look like him, you know? And well, I mean, should. it's evident. It's, 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 I mean, I, I just watched the team walk up the tunnel, I, I could tell. He's the one guy that stood out there. Try to get everyone right. involved. I mean, he's just not—he's just not getting that. So, look, everyone will talk about what the embarrassment was from that forty-nine nothing game, and rightfully so. But I think most people are with you. If there's any credit to be given out, um, Braden Willis, no matter the situation this year, has consistently been the same guy. And I don't know if you could say that for anybody else on this team. That's right. That's right. All right. Quick timeout. Hit the text line. I want to hear what everyone has to say. Six five one three four three nine. Hanging out today, Newcastle Casino. I'm here at the Front Row Sports Bar. Remember, uh, they got happy hour every day from 3 to 6. Good drink specials going on here, plus tons of great promotions throughout the casino. We'll be back. Texas, it is a reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Let's get to the reaction, shall we, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, use the rest of the season to develop players for future years. Too many on team with years of experience are making same mistakes over and over. Much like Teddy stated in the broadcast, one corner not turning to look for the ball as he tackles the receiver then looks surprised. Same rule game last year as six games this year. That's from Dixie in Tulsa. Yeah, I was going to point that out as we were talking about the bat. You did have a corner that tackled a wide receiver in the end zone again on Saturday. And judging by where the ball landed, you probably didn't need to do that. So No, he was, he was in good position again, you know. Um, I, was, I was maybe a bit harsh during the broadcast about that portion of it, but... Um, 
you know, it, I, it's, and I know it is so much more difficult out there than it appears to be, uh, you know, whenever we're watching from the stands or in the booth or on TV. But, you know, it, it's just the reality that you have to, you have to get better. We can't continue to make the same mistakes over and over. And that's not necessarily like if I watch three guys make a mistake, like, I don't have to go make that mistake again for me to learn it, right? I need to learn from everyone else. Like, I, we know that that's been coached up and worked on, right? They talked about it. They talked about how they're just going to drill it and continue to drill it, right? And, and I know they have, so... I mean, I don't know. I totally agree that Braden Willis has been the man this season. Super consistent and a great leader. I think Eric Gray deserves a shout-out as well. Every time he runs, he strains to get more yardage. Not sure if he is as much of a leader as Willis, but consistent on the field. Do you all agree? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought Eric Gray, again, for the role that he was asked to play, which is basically a Wildcat quarterback as well, it was... I mean, I didn't love the interception, but he shouldn't be after asked to throw the ball in that situation either. So, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with credit to Gray. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that was a that was a bad play on the jump pass. But you know what? Whenever you resort to running backs and tight ends playing quarterback, guess what's going to happen? Uh, you're going to have some some bad plays there at times. So, no, I think he's been great. And there's you know, there's 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 guys that are out there that are playing their tail off and and straining like crazy and and you know maybe it's not fair to act as if Braden Willis is the only guy but like uh, it's been ultra consistent from him Eric Gray's been good I think you know and there's guys that are fighting through injuries out there trying to play on the offensive line and you know it's not all it's not all easy and you know I just it's so it's so crazy that it's gotten like, the the results of these football games have gone the way that they have. I I, I still I still believe that we're not we're not as bad as it's looked. Well, they need these, to be competitive at some games. point to back that up, man. And, and it is crazy for a team that we had talked about for so long. Well, they just run the Big 12, man. I mean, they won this many consecutive Big 12 titles. They've got way more than anybody else. And that same program has lost five out of its last Big 12 games. And yep. in at least two of those, you weren't competitive whatsoever. It's just, it's, it's odd and unfamiliar territory. Uh, text line from the 620 area code. Our fandom for BV really made every single one of us blind to the facts that we had a lot of problems coming into the season. And that may be true, yeah. that may be fair, but I think that we can all agree that even if there were more issues than we initially thought, that doesn't mean that it's okay to lose 49 nothing and got whatever the score was last week against TCU. You should be more competitive yeah. than that. Yeah, and, you know, I, frankly, I, uh, I feel bad for, you know, perhaps fueling it thinking that we were going to have more guys play develop quicker play tougher play more disciplined but you know it it hasn't happened 
Uh, you just you just come, look at our offensive line. We've got what one, two. Do we have? Trying to think of the transfers. Um, we definitely are starting two transfers. Matoyer uh, is a. Tra- I'm just trying to think and of all the guys Longy they have. Morris. Guyton has started. He's a transfer. Yeah, Morris is a transfer. Conjul is a transfer. So that's four. Am I missing anyone? Text line. No, I think that's it for guys that have played, anyways. You know, and you're like we've been in the portal, like not necessary. We haven't been free agent hunting. We've been like filling holes. You know, we're we're not like it hasn't been yet for us where we've got all right. We've got a good roster. We just need to find. Uh, like for Alabama, they've been, you know, they got a really good roster, but then they go out and get the Jamar Gibbs kid from Tech, and then uh, what two o two o from Tennessee as the Mike Backer, and you know, just a couple of spot star players. Right? We've been filling holes, and I, I should have. I guess I, I, I should I should not have expected those guys to play. I guess what ends up being above their yeah their capability. Well, at least you didn't bet on it. You'd feel even worse about things. You just fielded. it. I bet on it this off season. Where do you yeah. where do you think I'm sitting right now? Not in a great spot. Yeah, but spot. you got like. You got free money from DraftKings that or was something, true. didn't you? Yeah, it was Come only on. like a $50 bet with a chance to win like 350 so it hasn't been all that bad. Uh, Zane in Tulsa says, my questions. Question number one, who was QB2 last Friday? Question two, if your QB can't throw, why not use your best running quarterback so he can at least decoy a passing threat or receiving threat when running the Wildcat? I believe in the staff, just questions. I don't know. Uh, last Friday, who was your backup quarterback? Bevel. Well, I, I think is that what am I, I missing think something there? Zane is asking that because Parker relayed that Booty had some sort of a, an allergic reaction before the game that caused him to be unavailable on Saturday. That's the scuttle. Okay, I haven't heard that. Um, but he said last. I'm thinking he's. He was talking before the TCU game. Is or is that, is that? Am I taking that wrong? I have no idea. Well, I don't know. Uh, doesn't matter. He didn't play. Um, you know, Bevel was your backup quarterback. Um, you know, they had that backup quarterback competition through summer and fall camp. I know. Whenever you, we see the result out there, we ask, "How could that be?" I understand. Why don't you play Nick Evers earlier? Um, I, the only thing I say is that they don't think he's ready. Other than that, I have no idea. I I don't think it's like a, a grand conspiracy to get your ass kicked by Texas forty nine to zero, and the way to, that we're going to do it is ha ha. We're not going to play Evers. I I don't know. They must feel like he does not add anything. Or else, I feel like they would have played him. Yeah. But I, other than that, I throw my hands up and say I don't know. Thank you, text line Chris Murray. Yes, he did transfer from UCLA. So there's another. Oh one yeah, there that, you go. There's yeah, another one Murray. that we that we missed. 
Um, can any of the softball team fill in? Question mark. I'll say this. I saw for Friday of OU Texas, which, you know, if you're an OU fan, you're wearing your colors on Friday, right? Yeah. I have never seen as many OU softball t-shirts before Friday of an OU Texas game than I did this year. In fact, I, I hardly in the past ever saw an OU softball t-shirt Friday before the OU Texas game. I saw a ton this weekend, man. Good. So, people have been making nice. the joke that it's softball season, but they, uh, they, they're getting a whole lot of support, be it a football well, weekend or not. I will say this, too, and that's fantastic. Um, but we're on to softball season, I see. Um, understandable. Um, I will say this, though. That football game, it was apparent what was going to take place whenever the score became 14-0. to zero. Oh, yeah. I think we all knew we were going to lose. We just didn't know how bad it was going to be. So, that being said, I commend the OU crowd for sticking around as long as they did. Um because there wasn't much to watch there. But for the most part, everyone hung around till about the end of the third quarter, which, you know, there hadn't been anything worthwhile happen at that point for like two hours. So I, I commend everyone for hanging out, supporting the team for a while. But, you know, ultimately the, uh, you know, the wax cup beer and the corny dogs – finally won out over the uh, the poorly played football game. But uh, they did. I thought they still represented well. Uh, by the way, I, uh, I don't know if I found this out this year because I thought that you were able to do it, but you can walk out of the Cotton Bowl at halftime and go to the fair and get food that way. I, like at OU games, you can't leave, but they give a handout pass still at OU Texas. Found oh, that out on Saturday. Nice. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, two more. Rod Dog says, uh, this is your favorite question, by the way. Why did the first two games of the year OU roll with a four-man front then change to a three-man front basically since? Don't know. I do not know. Um, Maybe I'll ask head football coach Brent Venables that question tonight. Yeah, maybe so. One more. Hey, Teddy, how did going off previous Red River rivalry games, this will be a close game BS take go? (laughs) We were both in on that one. It did not go well. It was not a close game. I even made fun, or I uh, said, oh, he's not going to lose this game 50-7. to That was wrong. Oh, you didn't even well, score a touchdown. Right. No. Oh, you didn't even score a touchdown. Well, um, yeah, it was wrong. It was bad. Uh, we got the best version of Texas, and the worst version of Oklahoma makes for a terrible football game. You think, oh, you got the best version of Texas? God, I hope so. And I got a call yeah. in the postgame show saying, hey, you know, maybe maybe you're a little off on how good Texas actually is. And my, my response good. was like, man, I hope I am. I, I hope that that's a Texas team that's actually really good because if that is the same Texas team that I feel like I've seen over the course of the past decade of suck, then, wow, this team really is far behind. No, they that, that Texas team – on that day, looked good. They could have done anything that they wanted. I mean, offensively, defensively, it did not matter. Yeah, Bijan Robinson looked good, didn't he? And Roshan Johnson yep. did. Quinn Ewers looked good because he didn't have any pressure on him, but he still threw a 
Maybe the worst pass I've ever seen uh, from someone not named Brock Purdy, or at least the worst <laughs> interception. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, like another big moment that we could not capitalize on, right? When we go yep. four and out right after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was yep. a low point in the third quarter. I, I was trying to figure out what, like, the lowest moment was, and maybe in the third quarter is like, 28 or 35 nothing, whatever it is. You have a third and eight, and the game's over, but you have a third and eight deep in your own territory, and you just snap it to Eric Gray in the Wildcat, and you run up the middle for, like, a one- or two-yard gain, and then you have to punt it away. It's like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a whole lot to say about it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Power of the rush on a reaction Monday. CavensConstruction.com, especially if you have an emergency repair right now at your home or your office building, cavensconstruction.com, as we get back to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Peyton says, what I don't get is we've won six out of the last eight, and Texas is acting like all of a sudden they own us because they win one game. Reminds me of why I hate Texas so much. I don't I don't fault him after uh, winning 49 nothing today, and it could have been a lot worse than that. Guess you uh, can kind of act however you want when you win by that margin. Um, yeah, and it's I, a big deal. I mean, they get the golden hat back. Um, that's there are some recruiting ramifications that happen from a game like that. So I, I, I don't blame Texas for for building this one up. That was, that was big for them. Yeah. It was by far and away the best win of the Sark era, and that's the best win their program has had since what the last time Georgia? you beat OU or yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen or that Georgia win. Sure. Yeah. No, that you. <laughs> You got to expect. You got to expect all kinds of uh, throwing it in your face and acting like they won the Super Bowl after that game. I mean, they have reason to be excited. That was um, that was one of those, you know, for a program that's already had a couple of losses this year, um, had a disappointing one there against Texas Tech. Like that is a for them feels like a coming out party. We'll see how they handle success though. You know they've they're, they've they put two good games together. West Virginia now against Oklahoma. Uh, John says I am a systems guy in my daily work and my thinking. I would make two changes immediately to change the proximity of this team. Number one, you've got to change everything to make it simple, both in play calling, plays, and formations. Going to the extreme of one word plays and note cute packages. Number two, I blind survey a blind survey is needed of this team. It looks as if there is a coach that the players do not respect or respond well to. Yeah, I, I don't think you need a one-word plays or anything like that. Well, most teams have the um, has already. I mean, most teams have that implemented for the most part. That that's been a major thing that's kind of been redone in in football. Uh, a lot of teams have eliminated a lot of the big verbiage stuff and have and have gone to one-word plays and. That's how it's all signaled and, and run so efficiently with up-tempo. So all of that is streamlined. Um, like a blind survey, I you know, I don't 
mean, I don't, I don't know. Like at this point, you like your staff is who they are until the end of the season. It's not like you're you're going to be making changes to the staff. At least I don't I don't think. But yeah, I don't did, know. Did you see Did you uh, see the theory of the uh, Scott Frost curse? That's what OU is in right now. Three teams. No. Three teams have beaten Nebraska this year: Northwestern, Georgia Southern, and of course OU. Following those wins, those te- those three teams are a combined one and eleven since beating wow. Nebraska. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. And Nebraska is actually three and three, I think, uh, and like tied for yeah. the lead in the Big Ten West right now. Beautiful. They're actually playing some tough football. Man, I don't know. I don't know what to. Uh, I I don't know what they do moving forward. You know, I. This is where you start to worry about losing a team and losing a locker room. Whenever you're you're getting whipped, you're non-competitive against teams that you've routinely beat, and uh, I, there's there's not a lot of sign of of things that look good that you can build on moving forward. Next year's got to be the. I mean, your 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 season this year in terms of your overall goals are out the window. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard to exactly know what focus on next year means or focus on the future. I don't think that that has to mean play all true freshmen or sophomores, but like I think everyone's kind of accepted and realized what's going to happen this year. You can't you can't do that back to back years. So whatever no. it means, you've got to really start focusing on the future of this program. And like you said, not allow this to really seep into the walls of that place. That's that's what it's yeah. got to be now, and I think you can do that and still try and win games this year. You know, I don't think it has to be one or the other, but yeah, you've it, the focus has got to be twenty three now, right? Well, uh, be fascinated to see like what changes we see, you know, uh, personnel wise, system wise, game plan wise, you know, all of the above. You know, the, are they going to start resting a little bit more? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't personally. If, if I was Venables and I had a tired team, you know, I would continue to press it just like I have. You got a bye week coming up. You can perhaps gather your legs there, but like, if we got a tired team four, five, six weeks into the season, like, that's something we got to address. Like, we don't just, like, pull off the reins. We need players that are tougher, more acclimated to be able to play a hard football season. Like, that's that's a problem if we've got that many guys that are that tired because what we, we actually, you know, tackled and hit a little bit in practice, you know, that's what you do in football. So, I don't know. I I don't buy that, and if it if that is an issue, then like, we got to weed that out instead of. Like, I don't think it should be it. an issue this early. Like I, I've heard, uh, we talked about Greg McElroy saying that in Saban's first year at Alabama. Like the tail end of that year, everyone was dog tired. It's like the reason they lost to UL Monroe is what he says. But I don't think it should be four or five games into the season. We're talking about a worn out team. I could trust that things right. have been more difficult, but I think that that would be something that would happen in November. Yeah. Well. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Stay tuned.
It is the rush live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Through the good and the bad, Tyler McComas here. Teddy Lehman, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. This text says, honestly, I think Dylan Gabriel rolls out there this weekend and they just get back to playing decent football. Hopefully the defense will feed on the offense playing good. Not sure why, I just have that feeling. I, I'm guessing that Vegas has that feeling too. To put, still have OU as a seven-point favorite, I guess that means they think Gabriel's going to start because I don't know how you list OU as a favorite if he's not playing this weekend after what we saw last right. Saturday. Well, I I fully expect uh, Dylan Gabriel to play. Um, I got no reason to think that he won't. You know, I, I think that, you know, had the situation, like, been a little bit different against TCU, then I think there may have even been a case that he played against Texas. But just with the way that it all unfolded and the timing of everything, it just it made it impossible. Yeah, yeah. I uh, also very interested to see what the crowd looks like on Saturday. Three consecutive losses, 11 a.m. Yeah. You know, I. That's the unfortunate lot, reality. A lot of questions asking if the sellout streak is going to come to an end this weekend. I'm sure if it comes down to it, someone will buy up the remaining tickets, but there there may be a lot to buy up. There may be a lot to yeah. buy up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, you know, I still think that there's going to be a lot of people that come out. And God, and, you need a home field advantage against a team like Kansas. Yeah. It's weird to say, but it's true. And it's honestly, I think it's going to be a fun game. I to I think Kansas is a is a good story this year to be a really nice bounce back game for us. All right, hour number two, the rush is next.